Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Everyday Eagles Podcast. Tonight, we have two very special guests on the show. Um, first, I want to introduce Miss Katie Kelly. What's up, Katie? What's up? How are y'all? We're doing well. How about yourself? Doing good. And you know what I just realized I forgot to do? What? I'm still here. We're, yeah, yeah. I forgot to talk about Wade. <laughs> so we're going to have to do all that over again. Dang, nabbit. <laughs> I forgot to bring all my co-hosts. Where's the playful banter? <laughs> God, it's spreading. It's spreading. It's turning into lane. Oh, this blooper reel is going to be great. Restart it over. I was just going to sit here and let you just go in and be like, where's Wade at? I'm just like, waiting to be introduced. Yes, all right. <laughs> My bad. I was excited about Nico and Katie. You were. One more time, Lane. I mean, uh, Peyton. Katie, you, right. do y'all watch The Office? Yes. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know how Pam used to screen Michael's phone calls and let him do his, like, Oh my God. You know, yeah. And then, and then she'd be like, okay, here they really are. That's what yep. Chuck just did with you. He lets you get a trial run. Hey, Carol, how goes the real estate biz? Is it real good? Still me. Yeah, that's where it was. <laughs> so and you passed. You did a great job. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'll bring that energy this time. All right, All I right. got it. Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. No need for the calculator here, Poindexter. We're average Joes who are passionate fans. This is for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles Podcast. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Everyday Eagles Podcast. We're excited to have our guest tonight, but first I need to bring on that wonderful co-host of mine, Mr. Lane Brady. What's up, Chuck? How How are you, man? Are you staying warm? Man, it it was cold today. It's been cold the last couple days. I love it. Uh Let me tell you something. I was out there at practice today, and all I could think about was getting under a blanket after practice. I got home and literally... Walked in the house and looked at my wife and said, I deserve this. And I sat down under a blanket for like five minutes before I moved. Well, you at least cuddled with her, though, right, man? I mean, or at least got one of the babies. Oh, no, I took you myself just, in. Just tucked yourself in. It was just me in. on the couch. Actually, no, I did grab Molly. I yeah, did okay. get Molly, so. Okay. Huh. Yeah. How is uh, how's Maze uh, handling Molly? He still like being a big brother? Oh, he loves it, man. Yeah. It's, it's fun to watch, like, their dynamic. You know, I mean, I'm all new to the two kid thing. Uh, Molly's, you know, coming up on seven months, but yeah, it's been fun. I'm sure other parents with multiple kids will attest to this too. But it's really fun to watch their relationship grow as they're getting older. I've really enjoyed that. Awesome. So, well, man, we are uh, kind of dipping into something new tonight. I'm kind of this excited is new. About. Yeah, it is man. new. We're, We're uh, spreading our wings a little bit. We're letting our hair down and. You know, jumping into the arts a little bit, huh? Letting our hair down. We are jumping into the arts. But I do want to say that, you know, well, we'll talk about it later. Because you and I had the discussion earlier today. And uh, I, I kind of want to get their insight on it. But first, let's bring in from the pride of Mississippi, Miss Katie Kelly. What's up, Katie? 
What's up? How are y'all? We're doing great. How about you? I'm doing good. Now you, when I when I when contacted you and said, "Hey, do you want to be on this podcast?" and I was like, "You can bring a friend if you want to," and you decided to bring on who is your friend? Tell us what what his name is. So I decided to bring my lovely friend Nicholas Dower or Nico. Yeah, what's up, Nico? Hey guys, how's it going? You know, I gotta say that Nico's such a cool name. Like, my name is Chuck, and Lane's name is Lane, but your name is Nico. Like, I'm like, that's just a cool name, man. I do I like the nickname. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I really do like it. Yeah. So, and Katie's not a bad name either. I mean, I'll okay, give you some thank love. You, yeah, thank I'll you. give some love <laughs> out there. I mean, it's no Nico, but it's pretty. No, good. it can never be Nico. Right. 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 I mean, right. how many how many Nicos do you know? I know zero Nikos. I know I the one know that the knows one. the baseball really fast. Oh, I forgot about Nico Mazza. Yeah. Dang, nabbit. Oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I think his is like N-I-K-O, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be a stud. He'll be a stud. Well, uh, Lay, why don't you uh, start us off with some questions, man? Well, I got a question. I kind of want to go off script, Chuck. I'm sorry. Okay. First question. I, I love laying off script. Yeah, laying off script is the best version of laying you guys We should really call it laying after hours. Yes, yes. Because yeah. I'm going to tell y'all, it, we are at 9.52 p.m. right now recording. When 10 o'clock hits, laying is full-blown laying the rest of the night. So, um, so anyway... Uh, my question for you two is, how long have y'all been in the Pride of Mississippi? I didn't even think to ask this earlier when we were chatting. Um, so I'll go first. I This is currently my second year in the Pride. Um, so I'm sophomore right now. Awesome. Okay. And Nico? Um, this is my third year in the Pride, which makes me a junior this year. Very cool. Very <laughs> they're, cool. They're young, Lane. They are young. I remember back then. <laughs> right. Kinda. I don't. I don't. It was all black. <laughs> those memories are in black and white. So, <laughs> well, guys, we got some questions we like to ask all of our special guests on this show, and the first one is, uh, and y'all can go in whatever order you want to. Why did you choose Southern Miss? So, whoever wants to tackle this one first, dive on in. Um, I'll go. So, I know that. My mom and, like, all my mom's surrounding family uh, lived in, like, Petal and Hattiesburg uh, my entire life. And my dad went to Southern Miss. So I've grown up coming to, like, Southern Miss football games. We were season ticket holders for football. And um, so I kind of knew, like, my entire life that this is where I wanted to come and I wanted to be in Hattiesburg for college. Now, Katie, what high school did you go to? I went to Brandon. So it's about an hour and a half away, and it's about 30 minutes away from Jackson. The Bulldogs. Yep. The Brandon Bulldogs. I've I've coached in some heated games against Brandon. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. They got good they got some good athletics programs down there. A lot of good stuff going on. It's a good school. It really is. So Nico, why Southern Miss? Well mine was kind of a a little different, I'll say. So I'm not originally from Mississippi. I'm from the good old state of Tennessee. And um, when I was looking at schools for, um, you know, you know, for my degree, because I'm a I'm a music performance major, so it's a little, you know, it, I wanted a, a culture that was definitely like, you know, it just gave a good vibe. 
And when I checked out USM, because I didn't even know this was a school until my, I think it was my junior year of high school. I was like, University of Southern Mississippi. <laughs> I, yeah, I was yeah. like, I was like, that's a school. I was like, I heard a state at Ole Miss. I know, I know. But, We're not uh, offended. Yeah, very unfortunate. <laughs> but I, I really fell in love with the campus immediately. And I'll even, you know, the pride, I even heard the pride on recordings and stuff like that. And I just really liked the community that they brought and the vibe that USM really gave. And I wanted to be a part of that moving forward, especially for, you know, the first four years of, you know, my college life. Now, Nico, awesome. what, t- what part of Tennessee are you from? I'm from a town called Smyrna, which is about 30 minutes outside of Nashville. Okay, cool. There's also a Smyrna, Georgia. You sing some country music, Nico? I do not. So I, I'm, I was born in New York. So I consider myself more of a northern boy. So a Yankee. I do. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, not really. You were already a Yankee being born <laughs> north of Mississippi. So when you say I guess that's a valid point. Yeah, yeah. Now, don't let Nico lie to y'all. He knows that we sit in the car and sing b- very badly. We attempt to sing some Luke Combs and okay. some. We sing some country music. So don't let him you lie do. to y'all. I'm a big Luke Combs fan. I really he am. He would be. And Nico, being from Nashville, I know you, or being from near Nashville, you, I know you know some some Garth Brooks and George Stray. I know you do. Uh, yeah. As much as I consider myself, you know, for, with my New York blood being northerner, now I do know a a good bit of country. At a boy, okay. I knew it was in there. It is. <laughs> Nico, have have you been to a bonfire yet, man? A bonfire? I yeah. have not. No, Katie, you are slacking. I know. I gotta get him on that. Right? Have you had crawfish? No, I've not had crawfish. Well, Nico. Another thing. Some guys from the University of Louisiana <laughs> owe me a crawfish dinner. <laughs> and I'll go with yep. whatever we go. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I've been calling them Louisiana for nothing, Chuck. I'm getting my crawfish out of this. I know. You've been, you've been working on that crawfish. That's right. When we go to Lafayette. I'm going to go up there and walk right up to them and say, hey, Louisiana, I want my crawfish. Louisiana. That's oh, right. Bro. All right, Chuck's uh, got the next two questions. Go ahead, Chuck. Well, uh, so I know Katie's answer to this question because I was there for it. Uh, but the next question is, what is your favorite Southern Miss moment? And I know Katie's is sitting in front of me and Lane and Pate at the baseball regional and hearing how funny and charming we were. Oh, but, it was uh, the time of my life. Timey, I mean, y'all were cracking up. You know, we met your mom and dad. Y'all, yeah, yeah, it was a great time. Oh, I all. just pieced together like that was you, Katie. Somehow <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. Like the light bulb just went off on Lane's head. So how you been the past few months? This is awesome. <laughs> I've been doing like good. Reunion of the re- oh, yeah. it's a regional reunion. This is a fantastic. Man, wow. can't wait to be at another regional. That's right, right. no doubt. But no, Katie, uh, what's your, what was your favorite Southern Miss moment? You know, honestly, I kind of forgot about the baseball regional, but now that you bring it up, winning that baseball regional and being in Pete Taylor Park to watch that was fantastic. Fantastic. That, and then I also have to throw in the Thursday night game against Louisiana. That was, (laughs) that was probably like one of my favorite football games I've ever been at. Yes, our friends at the Raging Review were not big fans of that football game. <laughs> but uh, Nico, what about you, man? What was your favorite Southern Miss moment? 
I gotta be honest. I know we lost this football game, but when we when we went into either three or four overtimes against, uh, I believe it was Liberty. Liberty, yeah. Yeah, I know we lost that game, but I've I've been to a lot of sporting events, but that had to be the most intense game I've ever been to, and it was just you know the the energy that the Rock was giving off was just I can't I don't think I'm ever gonna be able to see that, especially in another college stadium. It was truly remarkable. It was a good. You know what I remember most about that game is whenever we got the pick six and they played. This is how we do it, and like everybody was dancing in the stadium. The sound guy for The Rock is on point. He always has the best songs picked out. Yeah, no doubt. That's it. Really, every time he plays, this is how we do it. After a big moment, I feel like everybody gets to it. So that's the vibes you're talking about, Nico. I'm with you. Right. All right, Nico, you uh, you kind of answered uh, the major question already. You said you were uh, a music major, but what's the, the dream job after you get through with Southern? Yeah, so I plan on going to uh, graduate school and getting my uh, my doctorate. And the end goal is to teach at the college level. I want to be a professor of professor of trombone, which would incorporate, I'd go and do a lot of performing, you know, and a bunch of the the local areas, especially wherever I go on to teach, and that involved teaching private lessons. I would teach one on one with students. I would be involved in a bunch of um, I'd be involved in a bunch of like teaching classes of chamber ensembles and stuff like that. So that's the dream. It'll definitely be a long road to get there for sure. There'll be some little little side jobs along the way, but if I can land a college teaching job, that would be the the dream. The end. I'll be all for me. Yeah, I got you, man. I get it. All right, Katie, what about you? What's your major and what's the dream job after? So I am a chemistry licensure major, which is basically like um, chemistry education in simpler terms. Um, So I eventually want to uh, teach high school chemistry, maybe get to college chemistry, but I think high school chemistry is where like my heart lies. Mm -hmm. And that's really like I've wanted to be a teacher for forever and I kind of fell in love with chemistry my sophomore year of high school and so that's really what I'm looking to I might get my master's after but I think I want to go straight into teaching after I get done here that's cool that's like awesome. breaking bad only without the illegal stuff yes <laughs> I tell everybody I'm going to be the next one so that's well, minus the illegal stuff and minus the cancer right. so so uh so I actually teach I've taught a bunch of high school science classes and stuff Katie and I will say this I'm very much on the life sciences side, and I have a lot of good friends. I was about to say, you taught ag, man. No, I did not. I taught, like, A&P and stuff. I taught taught real classes, Katie. I'm a real teacher. And so, um, but, yeah, like, I'll teach science classes and stuff, and, like, people don't realize that I don't think, like, you can be a science teacher and be very chemistry or be very on, like, the life science side of things. And I yeah. I'm on the life science side of the spectrum, but I'm glad there's people like you who are on the chemistry side, too. <laughs> no doubt. It is definitely not for everybody. For sure. Too much math. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it gets a little complicated math. at times. Yeah, it does. More power to you, though. All right, Lane, you got some, some more questions? I do. Them? I do. So the mic's up, the, Yeah, I've got the mic now, guys. So buckle up. Here we go. I got some questions for y'all. Uh, 
So I got some questions here that I, I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, the first one is this. Can you talk to us a little bit about the time demands there are with being in a Division One band, being in a collegiate band, also being a student? There's just, I feel like the time demands there, people don't realize how big those are. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Maybe some methods you guys have used to overcome that? Um, yeah, I'll start. So um, the first thing is that we have practice um, Tuesday through Friday from about 4 to 5.30. So when you think about it, it doesn't feel like a lot, but it certainly adds up to be a lot over the week. Um, and then like on game days, I don't think a lot of people know this, but we have practice every game day in the morning before. Wow. So we are outside for practice probably about two, two and a half hours before game day really gets started for us. Um, and then like for me, I know there have been multiple times where um, I have to go to Pride and then immediately like go to the Fresh, go eat and then go study for like an organic chemistry test I have or um, like go immediately go find my friend and go to Sienna Hall to study. And so it definitely can be a lot sometimes. And uh, it gets a little frustrating towards the middle of the semester when like midterms are happening and everything starts to pile up. But for me, I don't really think of it as like, a, oh, I have to go to Pride. It's a, oh, I get to go to Pride. It's a chance for me to like step away from all of like my classes and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it doesn't, the time commitment isn't that big of a, deal to me i'm think of it as like okay i get to go see my friends at pride i get to go do like my hobby the thing i really like to do so for me that's just like pride is a way to like manage the stress of all the like outside school and it's it's fun i definitely enjoy it it's your outlet yeah it is very cool, very cool. nico you got anything you want to add to that yeah i'll just have to add that um I don't think people realize also that the Pride, we do a different show every home football game. So we're always learning something new. Like our pregame yeah. show is the same every week. But, but that's in terms the only of like, thing. That is the only thing that's the same. But as far as like our halftime shows, they're different every week. Like this past one that we did was a, a tribute to our veterans. Mm -hmm. So we had an entire Veterans Day show, but the show before that was like a, a dance show. We've done like a space themed show. So we are constantly learning new music that we have to memorize. And we're constantly having to learn new drill, different, you know, shapes and formations on the field. And like Katie said, that can be a lot. And for someone like me who's already playing their instrument throughout the day, having to go to another ensemble at the end of the day and do more playing, it's a lot. But, you know, like Katie said, it's really like I even view it as an outlet. I view it as a time for me to go and spend with my friends and to just have a good time and realize, like, for me, obviously music's my career and my passion, but it it shows me why I do it. And it shows me that it's, you know, there's a reason I get up and I go and play my instrument every day. That's awesome. You know, I genuinely did not realize it's a different, like, now I'm looking back at it and I do realize now as I'm thinking back over, like, halftime and stuff, like, yeah, it's different. I just never, I guess, never really thought about, like, 
these dudes are learning an entire new halftime show every week. Like that's yeah. mind blowing to me. <laughs> you know, like that's that's crazy. That's awesome, man. Um, it's a lot of commitment. It is. It is. So, uh, my next question is this: So, band uniforms. They're not the most. Mm. They're not the most. Uh, how should I put this? Heat resistant thing in the world to wear, right? They're pretty. No. Nope. Uh, how do you prepare yourself to? You you mentioned on game day, right? You're outside playing from like hours before kickoff till even after games. Y'all are still up there playing as fans are leaving. How do you prepare yourself to make it through like say a hot? August or hot September kickoff, you know, a hot day. How you prepare yourself to make it through that with all that with with the hot uniform on? What do you like? What do you do? To prepare your body for that. Water, <laughs> a lot of it. drink a lot of water, and it's also like so. Um, we're kind of lucky. We don't wear the uniform for majority of game day. Actually, like, um. We wear a uniform for Eagle Walk, but then right after it, like we go pick our, our uniform, go to Bennett Auditorium, put our uniform on, and then go to Eagle Walk. And then as soon as we get back from Eagle Walk, we can take the uniforms off until the next time we have to put them on to walk to the stadium. Um, and then when we're in the stands, usually we're allowed to take our jackets off, but like now that it's, since it's getting colder, we'll keep them on. Um, but um, that's really the most time we have wearing our uniforms is during Eagle Walk, marching to the stadium, doing pregame, doing halftime, and then sometimes we'll keep the jackets on throughout the whole game. But it's just a lot of water, and I guess being used to the heat and humidity. And another thing is that, like, all of us in Pride, I guess majority of us, have been working and like getting our bodies used to that for years because we did that in high school too so um it's just like years of like getting used to being in like a black thick uniform in the summer so you know like we do summer workouts and stuff and throughout the summer i'll hear like the band out there playing and all that in the middle of the summer and they're practicing and all at, at high schools i've been at at different ones and you know i've seen i've literally seen kids fall out before out there practicing there in the summer yeah so it's a toll on the body it is it is but lots of water is the yeah. trick nico do you have anything else you want to add to that how do you prepare your body for for marching in the heat yeah so like katie i do drink a lot of water but i also drink a lot of um a lot of powerade and a lot of gatorade because they do have, um, you know, those electrolytes to help replenish muscle fatigue. And that's a, just another, that's something I heard from an upperclassman was he was like, drink a lot of Gatorade and drink a lot of Powerade. And that I've taken, I've taken it to heart, to be honest. And it's really helped me through, you know, a lot of hot game days in August and in September. Did he also sing, water sucks. It really, really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he did okay. not actually, know. Okay. Y'all know what movie that's from? Yes, no. Waterboy. It's a classic. I was asking the young kids, Lane. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. I've it's not a classic seen for me, but I'm also old. So. Yes, yes. It's a good one. 
All right, well, y'all mentioned game day, a bunch of stuff that you have to do on game day and stuff. And, Katie, you alluded a little bit to, like, your schedule on a game day. So I was thinking earlier today when we were getting ready for this podcast, I was thinking through, like, what all does the pride do on a game day? And I was thinking, like, you know, I can remember being a kid and and all through college and stuff, tailgating, you hear the band playing kind of out around the tailgating areas, like, almost like a warm-up session or something. And then they march in Eagle Walk. And then the band plays a little bit at Century Park every day. Every game day, they've started doing that as of late. And then they go play up in the stadium the whole time. They play at halftime. They play after the game. I feel like you're just constantly playing in different environments on game day. What is your favorite part of game day? Of all the stuff you do, we'll start with Katie here. What is your favorite part of a Southern Miss game day as a as a member of the Pride? You'll hear this from almost any Pride member you ask, but Eagle Walk is genuinely one of the most fun things I've ever done in my entire life because we just get to have fun. It's like a time where we don't have to be so serious and um, like 100% like on top of everything. We get to like let loose and have fun during Eagle Walk. And it's genuinely one of the, like my favorite things I've ever done. The fan interaction's got to be cool too, huh? Oh, Being, like, it is. Little kids staring and all at you coming by playing and stuff. That's got to be fun. On your it end. is. Nico, what's your favorite part of the Southern Miss game day? I'm going to say pregame. Our pregame show is probably one of the most intense shows that we even do you know, all year. This is including our halftime show because of how um, how upbeat the music is and that we have to march it. And, I mean, if you watch some of the, um, you know, some of the members really closely, the moves that we have to maneuver is very tough. And getting to do that every, you know, every game day, I, I just feel that it's just a lot of fun. And I feel like that the crowd feeds off of that, especially when we make the big USM in the middle. Oh, you know, yeah, that I just hear a little cool. bit of extra like cheer from the crowd. And that always, you know, brightens my game day. And you rapid fire through like songs that have been played at Southern Miss for decades, you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> Absolutely. That part's cool to me is it's you mentioned a lot of the songs are upbeat, but it's like a it's a quick transition, song to song to song. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, no doubt, I could definitely see that being a really fun thing for for a member of the pride to be involved in. So, all right, my next question for y'all. So, uh, both of you, I assume, played band in high school, right? You were in your marching bands in high yes. school. Yeah. What has been the hardest transition going from a high school marching band to a Division One marching band? Um. I guess for me, I know me and Nico had a little bit of different experiences. I came from um, a school where marching band in high school was competitive. We went to competitions. We had one show all year long, and we worked on that show the entire marching season. And we went to competitions to try to compete and get superior ratings or get first place in things. And, And on a college level, I mean, colleges don't go compete. Um, we, and like Nico mentioned, we have a different halftime show every single home game. 
So instead of like learning one show all year long, we're learning six different shows. And so that has its challenges on its own. Like, like Nico mentioned, learning six different shows is very challenging because it's like we have six shows, but within those six shows, we have probably about like four or five songs that we play. So that's about five songs you have to memorize for each show. And then on top of that, you have all the drill you have to memorize. So in its ways, it's both easier and a little bit harder than when doing marching band in high school. I got you. Nico, what about you? What's been the hardest transition from high school marching band to college? So my high school was a lot like the Pride in terms of we didn't do, um, you know, like in Katie's band competitions. So the stuff we played was a lot of what the Pride did. And while we only did one show, just like in Katie's band, the hardest transition has actually been doing all the horn moves and all the horn flashes. My high school, we didn't do a lot of that. Um, so all the stuff that you see in pregame, you know, where we're moving our horns up and down and in the stands, my high school, we really didn't do very much of that. So having to come to a school where that is a big part of the, the halftime shows and the pregame, and especially in the stands, it was kind of a big transition, especially coming in as a freshman. I was kind of overwhelmed. Because I was so like, like every move of your instrument is pretty much calculated, right? Like yes, there is no loose movement there, right? Like every move, mm -mm. I, I believe I'm catching on to what you're saying here. Every yes. move there has a purpose, right? So all like the horn swings we do in the fight song, where we go back and forth, that's all calculated. Where we do it at the same time every time, and make sure it's uniform that we're all going the same way. And in my high school, we never did that and if we did it was very very small so especially coming to a division one marching band where that was very prominent that was probably the biggest adjustment i had to make okay cool yeah i can see that being tough i can see that being hard i can see i don't know as a freshman coming in being like does it really matter that much and then now i'm sure looking back at it you're like wow it's a big deal you know mm -hmm. um but yeah, I can see that for sure. It adds so much to the the show. It does. It does. Everybody being in uniform doing that. Absolutely. Uh and being in unison, I believe is what I meant to say. But yeah, that, that adds a lot to it. Um so my next question is this. So we talked about the transition from high school to division one. How do kids get recruited? I guess it's recruiting wise, uh, to join like a collegiate marching band. So say you got a high school kid who wants to be in the pride of Mississippi one day, what's the process that those kids end up having to go through? Because I feel like it's pretty, you know, like in football, if you're six foot five and really fast, right, Chuck, you got a good shot. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I guess what are the measurables in, in joining a marching band? How do kids get noticed and all that? Yeah, I can um, speak on this one for a little bit. So a lot of what the Pride will do is we do a lot of recruiting events at a bunch of different um, festivals, especially in the state of Mississippi. We will go and, um, you know, set up a booth and a lot of kids come up and they're able to speak with the director of the Pride of Mississippi and they're able to talk to members of the Pride about their experiences in the Pride, you know, and what it takes to be a Pride member. And then they will be able to come on one of the audition days so they'll be able to come and audition in front of um you know one of the faculty here and you know they'll, they will be able to see you know how they you know how they stack up you know in the in the pride and if 
you know, this is something that they really want to do. And the Pride is very generous in, in offering lots of scholarships for kids who, um, you know, who succeed and, you know, do really well in that avenue of their, you know, their, their lives. Really cool. So. Good deal. Is that kind of how recruiting went for you too, Katie? Like, yeah. kind of what you've seen too? Yeah. So, um, one thing that like a lot of people will say is that the pride recruits itself every time they step out onto the field, um, to do pregame or halftime. So for me, it was more, um, I saw the pride every, like I mentioned, my family was season ticket holders my whole life. So I saw the pride every Saturday out in the field. And so even before I was a member in band in sixth grade, I remember like thinking, I want to do that. And another thing that Nico didn't mention is that while um, we don't compete at competitions, we will go to competitions. Like we go to at least one competition every season and we do an exhibition performance where we just play for everybody's entertainment. And that is a major recruiting thing for us because we're going to a competition where all of our hopefully future pride members are. It's just a stadium full of people who do marching band and who love music. And we play and put on hopefully a good show for them to try to get them to say, hey, maybe I should go join the Pride of Mississippi. They sound pretty dang good. Cool. Very cool. And then I'm going I'm to ask you one more and then I'm going to turn it over to Chuck here. This is a question I always like to ask, especially people who are members of a team or a group of, of people, you know. and uh. The question I like to ask is this. You're generally around these people. So for y'all, it'd be your marching band for, you know, say a football player to be their football team all day. You're, you're around these people in the band with you. You're around them more than anybody else on the planet. Right? Like those are, those are your people. Yeah. You become yeah. basically family because you're around these people. Yeah. 24 seven. Like you, <laughs> You know, you got to learn to deal with each other and live with each other and eventually learn to like each other because you're around each other all the time. Uh, so a lot of times that results in a lot of fun stories, fun family-like stories that have happened. And I always like to ask our guests, do you have any, we'll keep it podcast appropriate, um, <laughs> do you have any funny stories maybe involving you or other band members that uh that have come from some of the times you've had together. Um, I'll I'll uh attest to one part of our band camp actually. So at the end of every preseason, we have um a skit night, and so skit night is where all the members of the section, so like all the trumpets, all the trombones, all the clarinets, all the flutes, everybody gets in their respective section. And they come up with a skit to perform for everybody in Pride. And um, we've seen some skits about just a pink ping pong ball. Um, I know the trombones last year, we did a skit about us planning what our skit was going to be. Um, and we've also, our skit this year was, it was kind of a play on Judge Judy because we got in trouble for our skit last year because we quote unquote damaged the stage. and. We might have said a curse word or two. And so we basically might did have. like a. Sp- <laughs> hey, I've, I've never gotten in trouble for might have. 
<laughs> As Ron White said, I did it every time I got in trouble. Mm. Just saying. <laughs> well, we did a spin on Judge Judy where basically our directors of Pride, uh, uh, Dr. Higa and Professor Scott, took the trombone section to court for the crimes we committed during skit night last year. And just a lot of funny memories come out of skit night. Like, I know the tubas fought each other with pool noodles. Um, it's just a lot of fun stuff. That is probably one of my favorite things that we do in Pride is skit night. Good deal. Nico, what about you? What You got a story for us? Um, I'll have to go back. I was not a part of this, but this was passed down. I think this was maybe um three or four years ago and i don't remember the whole story exactly but the the former director of the pride of mississippi was standing next to a, a fellow trombone player and they were just looking at his trombone on the you know on the pride field and i, I don't remember exactly what they were talking about about it but it was just kind of there not you know nothing was really going on and a former pride member runs up in the middle of their conversation and just steps on it and he just starts jumping up and down on this trombone and just completely destroys it. it. And it, it was flattened. And when I've seen the video and I've never heard people laugh so loud and so much in my entire life. Cause it was just it was just funny. I know, you know, the pride obviously doesn't want to damage instruments, but mm-hmm. this dude just ran up and just jumped on this instrument just for no reason. Wow. And it was that, just yeah. it was just funny. That video you need gets to take passed him down. to court next get night. Right? Right. Y'all should <laughs> do a reenactment. That is awesome though. Wow. Okay. All right. Hey, send that to Pete. We'll put that out on the social media. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good story. All right. Oh, fun times. Fun times. Well, Chuck. Take yes. over. I know you got some questions too. I got I got a few left. I got a few left. Go um, ahead. So I'm I'm gathering. We didn't ask y'all this in the in the beginning, but I'm gathering that you both play the trombone, correct? Yeah, we both yeah. do. Why did y'all pick that instrument? So I know when I was um, in fifth grade, and I like got my letter saying they wanted me to be in band. Um, one of the things we did is we went and tested ourselves on each instrument. And so mm-hmm. um, the band directors uh, at the middle school listened to us play each instrument. And then they gave us a score, one through five, on how well we did. One being really bad and five being really good. And so I remember I um, was waiting around and I saw trombone. And like, um, in case nobody knows what trombone looks like, it's like the really long, skinny instrument that was like, almost as tall as I was in sixth grade. Um, I looked at it and I was like, mm, that looks like it'd be fun to play. And then when I did my testing, I did absolutely awful on everything except trombone. So that was really the only one that I like did stand out amazing on. And so I was like, I guess it's meant to be. I guess I'm meant to play. It trombone. was meant to be. It's the only one they'd let you play. Yeah. It was meant to be. Chuck, you know uh, every skeleton's favorite instrument is a trombone also. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's, that's a I'll good one. I'll see my way out now. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't even get it, but... Skeleton bones. skeletons have bones. Bones. I mean, I get the bone part. I got you. It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nico, why did you pick trombone, man? Yeah, so like Katie, we, I also had a scale of one to five. I went in and played every instrument, and I had no intention of playing the trombone. I wanted to play the saxophone, believe it or not, and looking back on it, I don't know what I was thinking. But, um, yeah, I went, and um, I just, it was either the flute or the trombone. And I didn't want to play the flute, so I picked the trombone, and I just kind of stuck with it. So who are some famous uh, trombone players that y'all kind of model yourself after or that you really like listening to? Or I'll tell you two trombone players I know is Katie Kelly and, and Nico. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the two most famous ones that come that's to my mind right now, Chuck. <laughs> Well, uh, come on, Lane. Did you not watch any of the uh, baseball season this year? Didn't uh, what was that closer for the New York Mets? Didn't that wasn't that a trombone? Edwin Diaz. Yeah. See, look, I'm a Mets fan, so yeah, yeah I got to see him walk in every time. It was awesome. Yeah, that's a trombone, correct? Or is that a I think trumpet? It's a trumpet. That is a trumpet. trumpet. Okay, that trumpet. is a trumpet. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay, I think correct. Close enough. Dig nabbit. Yeah. So in the family, brass instruments, right? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. is the brass. Yeah. Yes. See, look, I'm smart. <laughs> but anyway, is there <laughs> are there any people that y'all kind of model yourself after, or I'll let Nico take this one since Nico's the music guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, a common name that I think maybe um a lot of people will know, Trombone Shorty. Okay. He does a lot of pop music, and you know you can look him on look him up on Spotify. I he will. is just. Absolutely. I know who he is. Chuck won't because yeah. Chuck's too old, but I know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's an absolutely unbelievable pop um, trombone player that I really model myself after. And then on the completely different side, we'll go into the concert band and orchestral setting. There's a trombone player by the name of Joe Alessi, and he is right now probably one of the best um, trombone players on the on the planet right he's now. He's insane. He, he okay. is. He came to actually. He came to USM um in February. Oh wow! And he and he was here, and I was very fortunate to interact with him and you know talk to him and play for him, and it was really a you know listening to hear him, him play and hearing him teach and interact with everyone. It was truly, um, it was truly mind boggling. That's awesome. Well, you know, kind of spinning off what you, uh, or, or, or Katie, do you have one that you, you, I'm gonna give you a chance. Um, I don't really play, I really only play trombone now as a hobby, so I don't really play it as seriously as Nico does. Okay. Okay. Well, Nico, I know you're a music major and Katie, it is a hobby and you know, you, you do love the pride. Um, do y'all just do marching or are you concert orchestra as well? How does that, how does that play in? So, um, for, I'll answer the non-music major part of it. So for non-majors, typically what happens is we get a scholarship to, um, be in pride. And part of our scholarship requirement is that we have to be in a concert band in the spring semester. So, um, come next semester, I'll be playing in a concert ensemble. Um, there are some non-majors that, uh, their scholarship requires them to play in both um a concert band and pride in the fall but most people they'll just do pride in the fall and then spring semester they'll play in concert band okay okay Nico, is that the same for you being a music major or um it's 
a, kind of the same, kind of not. So I do have to be in a concert ensemble in the fall as well as be in Pride as far as for a music major scholarship. And then I'm also involved in a bunch of other smaller ensembles. So I'm involved in um, the trombone octet. So that's eight trombones. We have a trombone choir. So that's, uh, we, I think we have about 16 or 17 trombones all in one ensemble. Um, I also play in the orchestra here, and I'm in the jazz band. So I kind of get involved in a, a wide variety. And the next semester, I'll be in a trombone quartet. That's so a I lot. do yeah. kind of a little bit of everything. Boy, you're busy. I am. I'm very busy. Ooh, that's busy, busy. That's a lot of... Uh, do you play, like, how many nights a week are you out, like, performing, doing this? Um... As far as performing, not as much as it sounds. For um, something like a, a concert ensemble, we have two performances a semester. The jazz band, we, ha- we have one performance. The orchestra will have three performances. But I, and as far as other gigging opportunities, I do play outside of um, you know, the school of music. So I'll play at a church every Sunday. And I play for a show choir, which is kind of like choir and dancing at a high school. So I do gig around the area, and I play, you know, for a variety of different okay. groups. Did you, uh, were you in the Guys and Dolls, either of you, for the orchestra? Okay. I was no. not. No. See, that would be cool to me. Uh, I'm a theater geek. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, just a few more questions. Uh, so um, what do y'all think is the hardest instrument to play? I know me and Nico have a little differing opinions. For me, I'll answer for a brass instrument. I think hands down the French horn. The French horn, it's like very different from all the other brass instruments because if you play one brass instrument, you can kind of like pick up on how to play the other ones. But a French horn is in a completely different realm. And it's like you can play so many notes, so many different ways. And it's... My best friend and roommate is a French horn player, and I don't know how she does it. I do not envy her. Word. Nico, you agree or disagree? I will agree that the French horn is the hardest brass instrument, but I think the hardest instrument overall has got to be the oboe. Okay. Just getting a good sound on the oboe is hard. Playing it, um, playing the correct... um, Playing the correct notes, to be honest, is hard, and so I could not imagine playing oboe at all. So I, I, I have a friend, um, and her dad is uh, has his doctorate in music, and he was a you know a phenomenal band director at PRC for a hundred years and retired. Great guy. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, to get your doctorate, you have to be you know kind of fluent in all all instruments or majority instruments or. Are you a little worried about that, Nico, or do you think you? It depends on the type of doctorate that you get. For the doctorate I'm trying to get, it's it's a specialty in trombone. So I would take a lot of trombone pedagogy classes where it's just specified for the trombone. But if you want to be a band yeah. director, it helps a lot if you know a little bit Everything. about each instrument and know how to play each That's each cool. instrument. Okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um. So, uh, what is it? so? Obviously, you have to learn, you know, six different shows and five different songs for each different show, and then you have to 
while you're as you're playing the instrument, you have to count steps, and it's a lot just for um, musicians. But when you incorporate flags and the Dixie Darlings and all that, how how does that work with y'all? Do y'all practice a lot with those um, groups of people, or you know, it is the, what are your thoughts on that? I guess. So the color guard practices with us every day. They're the flags and the twirlers. Mm-hmm. They're with us at every practice. And so when we learn drill, they're there learning drill with us. They have specific okay. spots on the field too. Um, the Dixie Darlings, they um, come in. Uh, they're usually at practices with us, but there are some practices where they're just by themselves learning their dance for the field and learning mm-hmm. what they have to do for the show. But um, they'll come into practices with us and like we practice everything about like two or three times before we have to get out there and perform it. So there is a lot that goes into it. But like we make sure that we get in that practice time with everybody. So nothing crazy happens. Seek to that. I gotcha. That's cool. That's cool. What uh, what is y'all's favorite song to play during football games? For me, it's probably, um, so I don't know if y'all have noticed, but after uh, home games, we have the fifth quarter. And if we win the game, we play a song called Rejoice Southern. And it is probably my, it's like a little swing song. It's probably my favorite thing that we play. It's so much fun. And to get to play it while the football players are all on the field and starting to interact with the student section. And it's right before we play the alma mater. So um, a bunch of people are still normally there. And it's just like we get to like, we call it park and bark. So we get to stand there and just like play as loud and as good and as like, oh, it's so much fun. Now, is that the song that's like, and, and you know, please forgive my ignorance here. Lane, don't make fun of me. But is that the song that's like, Doug's about to do what hey, I think oh, da, 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 da. No, is that, that that would be neck, Chuck. That would neck. be neck. Okay. That yeah. Okay. Neck. How does how does the song you're talking about go then? Because I'm trying to picture um, it. Sing it for uh, us, Katie. Yeah, oh. give, us a, give us a bar, Katie. <laughs> so it's uh but da 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 Okay, yeah. That's yeah. what I thought it was. I wasn't gonna do that, but I was I had that song in my head thinking that's what you were talking about. But since Lane brought it up, and Lane did bring it up, I wasn't even thinking about it. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, I think you it was the Louisiana game. There was a, a moment that was kind of retweeted um, where we yeah. won't say what was said on the podcast. But um, what were y'all? What were y'all's thoughts on that? Did y'all participate in that, or was that all the student section? I don't we want don't y'all to get in trouble. So don't, don't. Yeah, you so, don't have to incriminate yourself. <laughs> One thing I will say is that what was said is not like original or unique to like any school. To, to like, celebrate, yeah. My my high school said that as crazy as it sounds, as bad as it sounds. That does like, sound crazy. You Brandon people do things weird up there. Yeah. So I mean, it's like a common. Everybody stole it from LSU. Yeah. So like, it's a thing that like most people will say when we play neck. Yeah. For us, I know that when that particular moment happened, we were actually supposed to keep playing, but we yeah. got cut off because because we're not allowed to play while the football game is like actually happening while the right. plays are happening. Right. 
So like we started playing that and then the football team started to actually play. So we had to cut off and we had to stop. Yeah. So we were fully intended on, it was like the timing was, yeah, it was all a timing thing. It's an actual rap song, Chuck. Like there's actual words to the song. I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah. Is what the actual song says. Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. a really fun thing to play. And I think that's my favorite thing to play in the stands. It is. Neck is my favorite. Well, and I, I like it because you look over there and the band looks like they're having so much fun playing it. It's like one mm-hmm. of those things where it's like we like to play it because we know the crowd enjoys it. And I think the crowd enjoys it because they see we enjoy it. So it's like everybody's feeding off of everybody's energy. Yeah. And it's so much fun. And so I, and I don't know if y'all know this. Lane and I sit in the end zone section. So we oh, have okay. a, a great view of the band oh, okay. and the oh, student yeah. section. And the student section will mirror what the band is doing. Like, they feed off of you guys. I don't know if y'all realize how important that is to them. But, like, when y'all start dancing and having fun, and all, like, it, it mirrors. Does it not, Lane? Would you agree? Oh, yeah. I mean, it helps with the atmosphere. It, it basically sets a, a, heat, a big-time atmosphere to a football a tone. game. Mm-hmm. It really does. So, yeah. For sure. A football so. game without yeah. a band. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, That's I wasn't really aware cool. of that either. I didn't know a that. Football game without a band would be like an atmosphere a lot. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Well, I have two more questions, and then we'll we'll let y'all go because I know y'all are students and y'all probably got a chemistry test or some <laughs> kind something to do. Um, <laughs> you don't want to talk on the phone with these old guys all night. Uh, so I guess the next question is, um, well, I'm trying to decide which one I want to ask. Let's uh let's just go. Do y'all like playing at football? Have y'all ever played at basketball games in the pep band or? So or y'all I'll, just I'll talk about this a little bit since I'm yeah. in pep band. So okay, perfect. Basketball and pep band are like completely. They're sort of the same, but they're almost completely different. They're like two separate worlds. Um, so football is fun in its own ways. But basketball happens on a much smaller scale. So mm-hmm. there's um, in Pride, we have like 200, 300 members in Pride. In Pet Band, there's probably only about 50 of us there. Right. And so we can coordinate like a lot of like chants and stuff like that that we say at basketball games. And we can like really get into the games. And um, you get to know a lot of people a lot better in Pet Band because. Basketball games happen two or three uh, times a week. So you're with those people a lot more often than um, like you would see them at a football game. And since it's a much smaller scale, you get to interact with the other sections more. Yeah. And so they're both fun in their own right. And I love being in doing basketball games and football games. Okay. Awesome. Nico, you agree or do you, do you ever participate in pep band or? I will sub for pet band and I can, I can agree with what Katie's saying with that. You're just a lot more connected with the people Mm -hmm. in that group. And like you said, you're able to coordinate a bunch of different chants, you know, to, you know, we think we're throwing off the, you know, the other team and, you know, in basketball, whereas football, sometimes you don't, you know, you may not feel that same impact just because of the distance, but in Mm -hmm. basketball, like in, in Reed green, you are right. You know, we know the players the can hear what we're saying to them. Yeah, right, right. 
Yes, yes, that's great. Um, okay, so I, I last I do have two more questions, and I'll be done. I promise. Um, this is to both y'all. Um, any advice that you would give? Um, you know, if we have any juniors or seniors in high school listening that are thinking about coming to Southern Miss and playing in the band or, or any school, really, what advice would you give them and what advice would you give their parents? Ooh, okay. Um, I would say. I know we didn't, we didn't, we didn't let y'all in on that <laughs> little question. Surprise! <laughs> um, I'll say Chuck is off road One thing I'll say is that I know for me, whenever I was auditioning and stuff like that, I kind of like psyched myself out because I knew I wasn't going to be a music major. Um, I knew I would be one of the like, I don't know if y'all know, but like over like 60%, maybe 70% of pride is music majors. So it's a little intimidating being a non-music major with people who like really know what they're doing and know how to play their instrument well. Um, so I kind of like let that psych my, or I let that get to me where I was like, I'm going to be a non-music major. I'm not going to be as good as everybody else there. Um, and that's really not true. Like non-majors have just, uh, like they have all the same opportunities that the music majors have. And I just like, don't let you either wanting to be a music major or not wanting to be a music major decide what you're going to do in pride because it's. Honestly, like it can be um, a little intimidating at times, but it's like it's fun being one of the non-music majors. I get to like talk to my other non-majors about things that they don't understand while they talk about music to us. So, right. I would say just don't get in your head about auditions and stuff because you're like pride is so much fun. And don't let like you deciding that you're going to be a non-major affect how you are in pride or affect even if you're going to do pride. Awesome. Nico, do you agree? I do agree with that. And I would just like to add that if you even have the slightest interest in doing marching band, do it because that slight interest can have a really big impact on you. And, you know, I can speak from experience. When I came to USM, I didn't know anybody. You know, being in Nashville, I lived six hours away. Uh-huh. And I didn't, no one from my high school was coming here. I didn't know anyone. And what was even worse is I came in 2020. So I came during the COVID year. Oh, wow. So we were already, you know, I really couldn't see or hang out with that many people. Uh-huh. And the pride made college not feel like this big, bad, scary place. It was my home away from home. And, you know, especially for the parents out there, you know, if their child does do pride, they won't have to worry about them making friends is because there is someone in the pride that will reach out to whoever, you know, to a freshman and or a transfer and make sure that they feel included. So it's like a ready-made family. Yeah, exactly. We are one big happy family. That's awesome. Awesome. All right. My last question is what can we as everyday Eagles, people listening do to help support the pride in you guys and what y'all are doing? I think the biggest thing is to just like show up, be at the games and like, it's, um, especially, okay. One thing I will say pregame, there are never as many people in the stands for pregame as there are during the game. And 
Mm-hmm. Pre-game, I think, is probably one of the best things we do in Pride. And, like, we would love for more people to be able to see pre-game and see it happen. And it's, like, a really cool experience seeing pre-game happen for your first time and seeing everything unfold and, like, getting to do Eagle Spell Out and listen to um, Pride Fanfare and the Haze song and the Fight song and seeing the USM click into shape. So I think seeing more people out there in the stands for pre-game would be awesome. Awesome. Absolutely. Nico, what about you, man? I would just probably say to to spread the word. Yeah. You know, we do have we have a very strong base as it is right now. But we post every week we post our pregame video and we post our halftime show on the internet. And we just wanna, you know, we're trying to reach as many people as possible. And, you know, if you if it ever comes up in conversation, we you know we want people to show them one of our halftime shows, and hopefully that can start drawing more people to the game, so that way they can see you know how much fun that we're we're having, and we're hoping that they're able to have that that same experience. So awesome, yes, and and go buy you know go buy concert tickets if they're having a concert or a symphony or orchestra. Support the music department any way you can for sure. Um, and the chemistry department, the education oh, yeah. department for Katie. You know, we we love teachers on this podcast. Um, go go check out our Samantha Pap episode, and you'll you'll all see right. how much we love teachers. But thank you all so much for coming on, Lane. Do you have any any closing remarks that you want to say? Or oh, I had a lot of fun tonight. This was good. Sure. Too good. It was educational for us. I have n- I can play the radio really well, but that is it. <laughs> I have no other musical talent. I decided one time I was going to learn how to play piano. My sister's a music teacher, and I got none of those genes that she has. And so I decided one time I was going to learn how to play piano. And, like, I got messed up when I realized you had to play more than one key at the same time. Oh, yeah. Piano is a different (laughs) beast all in itself. That ended, yeah, that ended my piano playing career. Quick. Same too. I was wanting to learn great balls of fire. <laughs> uh, I think that's going to happen. He ended up setting his piano on fire, thinking that. Yeah, would do it. I was going to yeah. recreate Top Gun. Yeah, like the same yeah. Top Gun. Oh. Bless it. Well, thank y'all so much for coming on. Good luck in all y'all's endeavors, and I guess until we talk to y'all next time, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. top. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. For Southern Miss fans, by Southern Miss fans. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit EverydayEaglesPodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Everyday Eagles Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles podcast. Touchdown!